fire has come down from heaven to consume the sacrifice. But to Elijah's dismay, he's soon on the run, from Jezebel to the mountain of God, on The Bible Brief. The Bible Brief is a project of the Bible Literacy Foundation, a nonprofit dedicated to helping people like you learn the Bible. Check out our website today at BibleLit.org. Sometimes we can carry weight that we're not meant to carry. We can assume that if things don't work out how we think they should, that the outcome is our own fault. If we would have just said these words instead of those words, if we would have not said any words at all, maybe things would have been different. Maybe. But outcomes are never something that we can control. We can always contribute our efforts to a preferred outcome, We can try with all our might to make something happen, but no matter how hard we work, things can just not turn out how we intended. Predicted outcomes are often based on experience and probability. But we have to remember that probability is never 100%. If it were, it would be certainty, not probability. The prophet Elijah had one of these moments as God brought fire from heaven to consume the sacrifice in front of Israel and in front of the prophets of Baal. Elijah had expressed an expectation of what the Lord would do when he consumed the sacrifice, that he would turn the hearts of Israel back to him, that this event would be the beginning of a revival in the nation where God's people would return to worshiping him alone. However, despite Elijah's faithfulness to God, despite his prayer to God for the people of Israel, Despite God sending fire from heaven, no revival came. Elijah is in the wilderness again, exhausted and deflated from the happenings of the last few days. That day at Mount Carmel, Israel's people had witnessed God's fire consume the sacrifice. They had assisted Elijah in killing all the prophets of Baal, and they soon saw the rain that they had so desired for three years. The drought was over, and Yahweh had sent rain upon the land. Fire at the mountain, and then rain upon Israel. Events that, if anything, should have turned the hearts of the people back to Yahweh. But that didn't happen. There wasn't a revival. Elijah was here, sitting under a broom tree, thinking about the events that had just transpired. And he was totally discouraged. He was on the run from Jezebel, who was aggressively seeking his life for what he had done to her prophets of Baal. And he felt utterly alone. So alone that he says this to God in 1 Kings 19, verse 4. It is enough. Now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am no better than my father's. Elijah apparently assumed that his prophetic ministry would bear great fruit in his day, that God's words through God's prophet would yield repentance and faith for the people of Israel and that his proclamation of God's words would cut people to the heart. But he understood that this simply didn't happen. His prophetic words were no more powerful than prior prophets. The people were just as stiff-necked as always. He even asked God to take his life, so distraught and discouraged was Elijah. But after this somber request, Elijah succumbs to sleep. And he lay down and slept under a broom tree. 
And behold, an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was at his head a cake, baked on hot stones and a jar of water. And he ate and drank and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came again a second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, for the journey is too great for you. And he arose and ate and drank, and he went in the strength of that food, forty days and forty nights, to Horeb, to Sinai, the mount of God. Elijah takes a needed rest with some needed meals from the angel of the Lord, enough to rejuvenate him for a long journey away from Canaan to one of the most important places in the Bible. He's going to Mount Sinai, the place of the Sinai Covenant, the location where God had descended upon the mountain and spoken to the great prophet Moses. At Sinai, God will address Elijah's despair at his situation in one of the most intriguing passages in all the Bible. We read this. There Elijah came to a cave and lodged in it. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said, What are you doing here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And I... Even I only am left, and they seek my life to take it away. Elijah explains to God that he's been doing what he should as a prophet. He loves Yahweh and wants others in Israel to follow God. But he feels so alone in his faithfulness, alone as the target of Jezebel's hostility. And God said, Go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. And a great and strong wind tore the mountains and broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. You have to wonder what God whispered to Elijah in this amazing moment, especially considering that God had been speaking to Elijah all before this moment. God had already commanded Elijah to stand there on the mountain, before he then whispers to Elijah after these other events. First there was a strong wind, strong enough to break rocks on the mountain. Then there was an earthquake, and finally a fire. Yet the text says that God wasn't in any of these. Instead, God was there as he whispered to Elijah. Elijah's prophetic ministry had been full of the amazing and the miraculous. He announced a drought that depended upon his words to end. He'd raised someone from the dead by God's power. And he'd seen fire come from heaven to consume the sacrifice at Mount Carmel. Elijah was used to the miraculous, and God had chosen to do so much through him yet he was completely discouraged and disheartened because the results of his ministry seemed, well, like nothing. After all these things, he was alone, on the run, with nothing to show for his faithful ministry. Perhaps Elijah's mistake is what God is fishing out at this event at Sinai. God is showing Elijah 
that it isn't in these supernatural events in which he most commonly works. It's through speech. It's through his own words and the words that he gives the prophets. The events are certainly evidence of God's power over creation, but it's his words that affect people. Words expressing God's desire for people to return. Words expressing his displeasure for worshiping other gods. Words of promise upon which the nation should depend. All these miraculous events are just events without the words to explain them and to give them purpose. God showed Elijah that he was in the quiet word and not in all the preceding events. We keep reading in an echo of their prior conversation. And behold, there came a voice to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts. For the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. And the Lord said to him, Go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you arrive, you shall anoint Haziel to be king over Syria. And Jehu, the son of Nimshi, you shall anoint to be king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shaphat, you shall anoint to be prophet in your place. And the one who escapes from the sword of Haziel shall Jehu put to death. And the one who escapes from the sword of Jehu shall Elisha put to death. And yet I will leave seven thousand in Israel, all the knees that have not bowed to Baal, and every mouth that has not kissed him. God gives Elijah commands concerning the next stage of his dealings with the wickedness in Israel. Elijah is to anoint a foreign king to war against Israel. He's to anoint a new Israelite king in place of Ahab. And he is to anoint a new prophet who will take his place in ministry to Israel. All these men will be forms of judgment upon Israel who has strayed so much from God. But don't miss the last thing that God says here. A corrective for Elijah who feels so alone that he had wished that God would just take his life. God announces that he will leave 7,000 in Israel, all the knees that have not bowed to Baal, and every mouth that has not kissed him. The eyes of the Lord have been watching every person within Israel. And though Elijah believes himself to be the only one faithful left, God subtly corrects his notion. Elijah is not alone. In fact, there are 7,000 other faithful Israelites who haven't worshipped Baal. They've been quietly resisting these wicked rulers, worshipping Yahweh alone. God has seen them, just as he has seen the prophet publicly resisting wicked Ahab and his wife Jezebel. Perhaps we can imagine Elijah's reaction to this, that there were so many other people who had remained steadfast to Yahweh. Maybe it was a moment of silent realization that he'd been too focused on himself and on his own ministry. Maybe it was a pang of guilt for having complained to God while tacitly elevating his own faithfulness. Maybe it was simply realizing that God was doing bigger things than merely using Elijah as his sole resistance to the king. With God, things are rarely as they seem. God may split the heavens and send fire down on a sacrifice. He may cause a drought upon a wicked land. He may cause the earth to quake in his power. But more often than not, 
It's that still, small voice. That whisper of God's words that are actually working. Through the private prayers of faithful men and women. Through the spiritual conversations that we have with those we work with. Through the preaching of potentially discouraged pastors. God is at work, and no matter how it may look, He always sees His people. Sometimes we may feel alone, but God is working. Join us next time as we see more fire in the life of the prophet. Not fire coming down to consume, but fire coming down to raise Elijah up. The Bible Brief is brought to you by the Bible Literacy Foundation, dedicated to helping people like you learn the Bible. Copyright Bible Literacy Foundation 2023